This is a show where Brandon and Gabby from Geekedia talk about everything geeky. From movies, to shows, and even video games. So put in your earbuds, and get ready to listen to an organized, well thought out, random conversation. Alrighty, guys. So this one's gonna be an interesting one. Um, if you remember last week, we talked about like stupid or lame superpowers. Uh, well, that reminded me uh, back years ago when I had this subscription called Loot Crate. Uh, one of the packages came with this book called The League of Regrettable Superheroes, um, and that should just tell you what's this what this episode is gonna be like. Uh, it's any and all superheroes from just about, uh, I believe, all the different ages. Uh, so to, so this week, we're going to be talking about the Golden Age. Um, some of these are just weird. Like, taking notes, there were times I was just laughing, because I'm like, this is real? Yeah. <laughs> just, I, yep. You, you left a space there for me to say something. I didn't have anything to say. Um, I do want to... <laughs> I do want to um, uh, uh, remind everyone because we talked a little bit about like the different ages in I want to say two episodes ago, or, or when we were talking about uh, Rob when we did the Robin and uh, uh, Spider Man episodes. Yes. Um, so to remind everybody, the Golden Age is from 1938 to 1956. 49. That's not what it tells me. Uh, I'm looking at the book. Uh, Golden Age is from 1939 to 19... No, I'm sorry, 1938 to 1949. Silver Age was 50 to 60-something. Okay, well, um, I got that information from Wikipedia, so who knows? I'm gonna say I'm gonna trust the book more than Wikipedia. I will say. I'm gonna check PBS because they probably know. Let's find out. Give me an age. Come on. Trying to find Silver Age in this book. Well, the Silver Age doesn't start immediately, as far as I know. Like I think it overlaps. It probably does. But, like, it says in the book, it says the Silver Age from 1950 to 1969, and the, uh, which age? It It says the Golden Age. Okay, here's what this, a different website says. Uh, Definitely starts in 1938, and it says ended sometime in the early to mid-50s. So, technically, I wasn't wrong, Um, but, you know... Early to mid fifties. Uh, there's no definite. There's no definite time. But whatever. Right. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if all these ages kind of overlapped at some point. Yes, but anyways, just for the listeners, that is about what when we're talking about time period wise. Right. Basically, think of pretty much every superhero fighting Nazis. You're there. Yes. All right. Shall we get started? 
Um, sure. So, um, I, I guess I'll start off with this one. Um, this so this character is called Seven Eleven. No, it's not. No, he his he didn't regularly shop at the Seven Eleven gas station. Um, um, that I when I saw that number, I was like, um, what? I was confused. <laughs> I was very. They, they, these are all these notes are taken from Brandon's book, so he took all the notes. I this is not the first time I'm seeing these notes, but I literally know very little. So, I I think it's with like anything. The way anybody takes notes is the way they understand it. So like I could read oh. these notes, know exactly what I'm talking about. You read them and you go, "What is this garbage?" Well, it's not even that. I'm just saying I know very little. Period. Because gotcha. you have you have the book, right? And uh, I did tell Gabby uh, before we started that I had the book with me, so in case there's any mishaps or something or something I missed, I can pull it from this book. Um, and just to clarify, this is not sponsored by Loot Crate in any shape, way, or form. I got this book back in like two thousand. We said it twice now. True. Uh, hashtag not sponsored. But I, I just got this book years ago from Loot Crate when I had a, a subscription to them. And because of last sorry, week's you said, episode. You said hashtag what? It cut out. You said hashtag. Not sponsored. Oh, hashtag not sponsored. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're not sponsored by Loot Crate, but I do appreciate this book Three. because it's giving me laughs. Will you oh. shush? <laughs> All right. Stop, stop saying it. Uh, so. Um, the first character, 7-Eleven, uh, he was created by George Brenner and debuted in Police Comics issue number one in 1941. Question. Now, answer. Excellent. So, <laughs> uh, so what is Police Comics? Is that like its own entity, like Marvel and DC, or is that like DC? I'm gonna say yes. It doesn't. It doesn't give much information about the comics themselves um i want to say that this was like uh detective comics where it was yeah different characters but under the same umbrella i guess um it does it, it, it these it gives the little bullet points of who created them what they debuted in but other than that it doesn't go into most of these don't go into much detail about the comic themselves just mainly the I, show. yeah okay so it doesn't tell me uh, the comp so it doesn't tell you what company. Um, quality comics. Okay. Um, okay. So the character's real name is Daniel Dice. Uh, he's a former attorney. Uh, now what happened was his friend. <clears throat> um, let me see if I can find the name. Ah, his friend was going to jail. But he was about to have a kid on the way. Now, this is where this guy becomes regrettable. Because this is just stupid. Because his friend's going to jail and about to have a kid, Daniel takes the blame for whatever crime Jacob did. Jacob is his friend. Um, takes takes whatever takes the blame for whatever. So that way his friend can go see his child be born and then come back and confess to him being uh, to him doing the crime so Daniel gets released. Well, on the way, I believe it. Was, I believe it was on the way back from the hospital, or the way to. Doesn't matter. On one the, on on the way, uh, Jacob got into a fatal car accident, so he's dead. 
So Daniel is in jail for a crime he did not he did not commit. <laughs> I know, right? He's riveting <laughs> storytelling. So he becomes a crime uh, a, a crime fighter because that that just kind of sparks it because he's able to see again he was an attorney so he's able to see all the criminals he's put away and everything like that so it kind of I guess I don't know it's well I'm in jail for uh, because I was helping a friend and he's dead. Eh, might as well become a crime fighter for whatever reason. Um, so the way so his name Seven Eleven comes from uh, his prison cell number or his prison uh, like you know how the jumpsuits have numbers yeah. ID numbers that's his number Seven Eleven. That's a small number. Well, it was the nineteen forties or thirties? Num those numbers were still like like six digits, five digits. Mm, true. So he so he he leaves prison just about every single night to wait, 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 wait. He escapes the prison every night. Yes. Uh he he escapes the prison. Hang on, hang on. This guy is an idiot. Because... <laughs> oh, it gets better. Wait, okay, so he figures out how to get out of the prison and then just comes back? Like, what? So, so hold on, hold on. So whenever he, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm catching some of this from the book because, uh, you know, I'm terrible at note-taking. <laughs> um, it even says, when it's talking about his name, basing his costumed persona on his uh, prison number, parentheses, and not the famous convenience store, which made me go, well, no, duh. Uh, copyright. Uh, and also, there's a slash in that name. It's 7-11. Uh, I was thinking colon for some reason, but yes. It's, yeah, it's not a colon. Right. It's either a dash or a slash. So, um, it says, Dice becomes 7-11, a caped and masked figure who torments criminals by night and returns to his prison cell by morning. His calling card, a mirrored business card with prison bars painted on it to show the criminals their future. What? <laughs> Uh, this guy's pretty lame. So, he so basically, he stops the criminals, and the reason why he goes back to the prison is because, um, from a crime fighting perspective, Seven Eleven's decision to remain in jail pays off in the form of prison gossip, allowing Dice to eavesdrop on the scheme. So basically, he hears from the henchman, "Oh, this guy's doing this," so it gives him an edge. That's okay. that's clever. But also, it keeps him going because he's able to see the handiwork of Seven Eleven. So he's able to see the, pe the those people rot in jail. And yes, um, <laughs> so the way he dies because this—I kid you not. So one of his big uh, arrivals. Um, <laughs> this still gets me. He always refers to him in a third person. His name is Oscar Jones. But whenever he says it, he, he calls himself Oscar Jones. Racketeer. What is a racketeer? Like, uh, does he... Does he cause a racket? Racketeer. No, it's it's a it's a thing. Hang on. Racketeer. Racketeering is a criminal activity in which a person or organization engages in a racket, a racket 
is when the criminal creates a problem for others for the purpose of solving that problem by some type of extortion. The person, Alrighty. The person or organization who engages in the racket is called a racketeer. Okay, well, there's that. But also, it's just kind of weird. It's like, who are you? Oscar Jones. Racketeer. Like, what? Um, so, that's one of his, his uh, rivals. But I kid you not, one of them one of his other uh, foes is called Brick Bat. All one word. He is a bat-masked figure in a lime green suit who kills by throwing exploding bricks packed with deadly gas at his victims. Okay. Right? Uh, now, the way, now, because this character was obviously uh, not that great, uh, he, he, the way he the way they cancel him, he dies. He gets shot by Oscar Jones, racketeer. Um, and it, it, it's fatal. But also to add insult to injury, the one and only witness to the murder was the hero that that uh, took over Seven Eleven's feature in the comics, uh, a psychic troubleshooter named Destiny. So the only person that saw him die was the person that took his spot. <laughs> Uh, so nobody knows that 7-Eleven is dead? Right. Huh. But also it's going to be really funny when uh, at the prison they go, hey, aren't we down a guy? <laughs> so yeah, that, that, that was 7-Eleven. That one, the moment I was done with those notes, I'm like, oh god, if that's the first one, oh no. <laughs> Okay. Um, are we ready for the second one? I'm ready. It's your turn. Okay, so uh, the next one is the Black Dwarf. He's created by Paul Gatsuo and uh, debuted in Spotlight Comics number one in 1944. Question for you. Uh, what is the company? Uh, it says Spotlight Comics. It says Harry A. Chesler Publishing. Okay. That's that's all it says. That's fine. Um, so he's a former All-American football player uh, named Shorty Wilson. That literally, that's his name. It doesn't give him an actual first name. Okay. Um... He has no motives for becoming the Black Dwarf, uh, and he's aided by a team of ex-criminals and is always happy to use violence. Um, like he, him and his, like he will always. He has a gun on him, and he will shoot as at the bad guys. <laughs> okay. literally, literally, like what you read. That's all that it really gives. It, I mean, it goes into who the people are, but. It's pretty much ex-criminals, ex-con men are his is his group, and whenever they want, they will use violence, like deadly, deadly, deadly. Um, exactly, and it's uh, some of it's just what I mean. It pretty much the entire thing just makes fun of his short stature, like in the comment or in one of the sections says he's also known as. Hey, Shorty. 
And the only re- one of the reasons why he uh, is no more is because the Harry A. Chesler uh, line of comics, they shut down. So the properties were licensed to a different company who gave who gave Black Dwarf a new name by the Blue Monk. Uh, and yeah, that, that's pretty much it for Black Dwarf. It, no pun intended, short and simple. <laughs> okay wait so question what is it, what do you mean by there's no motives for like becoming it, the black dwarf in, in the book uh like he, ha- he has find it he just has no backstory um it, it literally says but whatever drove the black dwarf to adopt his outlandish outfit not to mention his war on crime remains up to the reader's best guess for his motives went unexplained okay uh so Basically, it's just up to the reader. Yeah, whatever whatever you want it to be, you're right. That's so dumb. Okay. Well, I mean, so is having a superhero go on a war on crime, but yet he's willing to shoot people. Uh, or the, the, I, the bad guy. But there are a lot of heroes that will use violence, so that's excusable. Not having a, a backstory is, is dumb. Um but anyways, let's continue on. So this one, one, this one, I think this is one of my uh, favorite ones because it's the stupidest. The name is the the bouncer. Wait, like a like a like a club bouncer? No, a bouncing ball <laughs> bouncer. That's like worse. He, oh, you have no idea. So he he was created by Robert. God, I'm gonna butcher this. Robert Kanier, 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 and Lewis or Louis, because you never know. Uh, for Verstad, 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 Um, it's it German, <laughs> right? Uh, debuted in The Bouncer. Uh, no number. It was an unnumbered issue. Uh, 1944. It was by Fox Features. Okay. So he's. Go ahead. I was going to say, Fox isn't like the television station? I'm going to say no. Okay. Um, So he's a mythological feed. Yeah. Words. Shut up. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to hurt you. Uh, Mythological figure named Antius. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Antius? Sure. Uh, he draws strength. <laughs> he draws strength from the earth and bounces. Uh, yeah, like it, it's well, it's. Uh, but okay, that's so vague. I guess uh, if that if this character was created today, they would definitely use some science to explain that. I j- just wait. So I'm gonna read you a little snippet of this because this just cracks me up. Um. His superpower, bouncing. His secret identity, a statue. And his sidekick, <laughs> his own descendant. <laughs> the bouncer is a mythological figure who once wrestled Hercules. This version not only draws strength from the earth and is in the original legend, but also capable of rebounding from any fall, quote, like a rubber ball. So... He just wait. So does he 
you said he becomes a ball or he just bounces like a ball? Bounces like a ball. So he doesn't become a ball? No. <laughs> that, that would actually be better. Uh, a little bit, yeah. I thought he, maybe he was like just... So he's just jumping? Yeah, basically when he lands, it's like landing on a trampoline for him. Fascinating. Um, so... The, his his ability to bounce passes on through all the generations uh, and his descendant year like in the 1940s uh, yeah. Adam Antius or Antius whatever um, he, again sure um, he he's a collegiate athlete uh, any uh, athlete athlete uh <laughs> And he basically in like the hurdles, high jump because of his bouncing power. Um, he doesn't want to do any of the uh, physical labor anymore, so he becomes a sculptor. And uh, at one point, his friend, John Manley, no, I'm not joking, that is his name, John Manley, was threatened by a ghastly gangster, Glowworm. Glowworm? Glowworm. 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 Yeah, glowworm. Yeah, right? I love this. I love this so far. Um, This is hurting my brain. Oh, just wait. Just wait. So, uh, let me find my place. So, with... Oh, God. this, This just gets me. Without warning, one of Junior's Adam, uh, one of his own sculptures of his mythological ancestor comes to life and drags his, drags him into battle, and the two of them bouncing and are bounding and leaping their way to victory against evil. Okay, so he, the, the, <laughs> the so, so he created the superhero, the the ancestor created. Or the descendant created a statue of his ancestor, and the statue becomes the bouncer, and he becomes the sidekick. Uh, basic, basically, like the ancestor was always the bouncer, and just randomly, for some odd reason, not explained, the statue comes to life, and that's the hero. Yes. So, the descendant created. The statue that became the hero. Yes, and wow. Okay. Yes, that's uber complicated. Oh, just wait. Uh, it, it this this still gets me. Uh, so their main their main enemies is Glowworm and Mister Lucifer. This one, I kid you not. When I read this description, I think I was crying a little bit because I was just like. I'm so happy that this exists, and I need to know more about this character. Mr. Lucifer, a circus clown who insists he's the devil. Okay. (laughs) I love that right there. You're like, okay, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) So, So, basically... That that was that's the that's the end. Like it, I, like I said earlier, it, not all of these are going to explain. I, I don't know if I said this on podcast or just to you outside. But either way, not all of these are going to have like ex- explanations of why the character is no more. It, most of it is what I'm going to call they pulled a firefly. 
it just went poof for no reason. <laughs> well, okay, see, Firefly was not no reason. It was canceled. These are just terrible. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that that's it. I, I'm not going to lie. I need to know more about this Mr. Lucifer, because all I can think of is Tim Curry's It, or Pennywise from It. Just, just, huh. uh, my name's Mr. Lucifer. Beep, beep, Richie. Okay, I don't get that reference. I know you don't, and it hurts. Yeah, well, that's too bad. Oh, um, oh. I don't like clowns, so I'm not gonna, I'm not, not gonna watch it or the second one. You're not gonna watch what? I'm not gonna watch it or the remake or the second one. Watch what? All right, moving on. <laughs> right there, you just went. Ah, oh, crap. Uh, I was like, I see what you're doing, and we're <laughs> <laughs> All right, this this one is, is another one of my favorites. This, okay, it's my turn, right? Yes. Okay, so this is Doctor Hormone. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just uh, hormone. <laughs> I I can't I can't say that with a straight face. Okay, so... <laughs> This uh, this, this is a guy or yes, yes, okay. This guy uh was created by Robert Bug, um, and debuted in popular comics, uh, number fifty four in nineteen forty. Uh, does it say what company that was, or is that the company? Dell Comics. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> the notes, man. It's his real name, Doctor Hormone. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it it seriously just says, Doctor <laughs> Hormone. Evidently, his real name, by the way. Oh, like Doctor Strange. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, that's a so not like Doctor Strange. It's a little bit acceptable, except for the fact that his last name is Hormone. Um, so <laughs> he is rejuvenated on his deathbed by a youth hormone that he invented. Um, he used his hormone pills to make full-grown soldiers from men and women and infants. Uh, yes. With his granddaughter, Janie. Um, can you give me a little bit more on that one? <laughs> so it, it says, uh, now, um... Now a fit and energetic young man of 25, the doctor and his granddaughter, uh, Janie, that's Janie Hormone, one would assume, bring the mighty power of hormones to benefit the world. Old women are made young again. Babies are grown into men. Boy Scout troops are transformed into full-grown soldiers. Um, I'm so, trying okay. to see if I... Yeah, so, okay, okay, I'm not going to read the next part because it's in the notes. Uh, but it, it, it even says... Um, uh, it, it's actually sort of horrifying as Dr. Hormone plays fast and loose with the lives of children and babies. How many other heroes would be proudly celebrated by a caption describing how he, quote, experiments on a dying infant? Oh, okay. So it's only people who are dying. Yes. Okay. I was about to say, it was like, you're just going to take a perfectly healthy baby and turn it into a grown man? Like, what? I mean, why not? That's dumb and super creepy. Oh, it gets worse. Does it? Re okay. Read the next line. I'm, I'm going to. Uh, <laughs> so he made, 
<laughs> he made an entire nation. <laughs> Are you sure this Come guy? On. Are you sure this guy isn't a villain? Ah, uh, if he is, he's an anti-hero, I guess. Okay, so it literally says he made an entire nation into half-animal human hybrids to repel an invading army. Um, and they fought against the evil nation of Eurasia. Yes. And the main foe was the was a warlike nation called Nazia. I'm assuming that had something to do with the Nazis. I, I kind of get Eurasia and, and the whole Nazia. So Eurasia, that makes sense for the time period, you know, like Russia and wait, was Russia on our side? Crap. I want to say no. I feel like they were. <laughs> wait, wait, you're talking about World War Two? Yeah, I think they were. No, Russia was on Russia was on the Nazi side. No, I don't think they were. Uh... Okay, hang on. I need to know what? Yeah, no, I wasn't wrong. Uh Russia's on our side. Or the Soviet Union was on our side. It was Soviet Union, US, UK, France. So uh, who was on Germany's side? I told you who was on Germany's side. No, no, but I could have sworn one of the guys was from Russia. No. You're thinking of Stalin, and that's just communism. And we started fighting Russia after. Um, we didn't actually. We, the Cold War is after um, World War II. And no, that, was that I know. Russia. I could have swore Russia was one of them. Nope, it's just Germany, Italy, and Jap Japan, the Japanese Empire. Well, um, okay. So I feel like I have to add this bit. Okay. So the leader of Eurasia, his name is Rasinov. That's R A S S I N O F F, who had been transformed into a donkey man and nicknamed. I can't say this, but yeah. but imagine his name minus the R. I I don't know what his name looks like. I can't do that. His name's Rasinov. His nickname, okay. So his nickname his, is without the R. Yes. So. Okay. Because he's a donkey. Got it. Yes. Um, Which made me actually laugh out loud because I'm like, that. I mean, you don't even have to be turned into a donkey to get that name. <laughs> That's true. Um. So I'm trying to. I guess Eurasia because China. But anyways, I don't know how long this comic book went. Do you know when it disappeared? Ooh. No, it does not get a give a year of when it ended. It does say kind of how it ended. Um, I'll go this, through this pretty quickly. Um, in the final appearance, he and his granddaughter are aided uh, in their struggle to keep the Texas free uh, te to keep Texas free of Nazians uh, and their hooded allies, unmistakably dubbed the Clan with a K. Ooh, I wonder what that means. Uh, by Miss. <laughs> By a mysterious unseen presence called the Thinker, disembodied voice wielding tremendous power. Uh, at the end of the story, the Thinker brings Doctor Hormone and Janie back through time to his headquarters, a great Roman temple's uh, great Roman temple. Oh God, sorry, a great Roman temple sitting safely amid the hellish whirl, whirl, whirl. I can't read apparently the hellish whirl of primordial chaos. 
their hormone and Janie's sleep awaiting the thinker's further instruct uh, further orders. They were never heard from again. Huh. Okay. Right. That's so, strange. Right. So my guess is the like they just I mean we didn't like Russia even though they were on our side. So I guess that makes sense. Yes. But anyways, I don't know. Either way, um, so the next one's gonna be really yes. quick because it, it, literally, this is probably the shortest one in the Golden Age, to my knowledge, right now. Okay. So this one, Doctor Vampire. I love it. Cut print. That's a great name. End of the post. Um, yes. All right. He was created by. The book literally says, "Who knows." He debuted in Skyrocket Comics, number one, 1944. It was a Harry A. Chesler publishing. Okay. We know their track record so far. Yeah, well, not, they, they not good. went out of business. Yes, so not good. Um, his real name is uh, Dr. John Rogers. Dr. Rogers. Um, he only had one issue. Like, he, he only was in one comic issue, and that was it. I need to find um, this. Right? Keep going, keep going. Um, oh, si- si- sidebar. It has these little corpse uh, underneath the created by and everything. So, Dr. Vampire, not to be confused with Librarian Frankenstein, Choreographer Mummy, w- Wolfman, Attorney at Law. I love it. Um, right? I need to I need see all those. All of that. I need um, to know. So, and, and literally, like, I could read all these, like, he, not, uh, Nazi fighting superhero, the usual 1940 stuff. Um, but literally, he was just a doctor. We don't know what he was a doctor of. And he hunted down vampires. <laughs> that was it. Uh, be not a vampire himself? No. He only called I'm, himself Dr. Vampire because he, he was a doctor who hunted down vampires. So, Van Helsing. I know. Like, <laughs> worse. Like, just no. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm trying to find other things. Like, it says, it. imagine a Nazi fighting superhero naming himself Dr. Nazi. A captain, uh, captain Crime who battled criminals. Or the Red Burglar turning out to be a guy who catches burglars. That's a, I, I could see how that would... Uh, that's bad marketing on his part, trying to, uh, to, you know, get his name out there. It's very confusing. And I mean, like, it, it literally... While listening to the... I, the God, this, while listening to a band, Dr. Vampire thinks gypsy stuff. Gypsy blood has often been tainted with ki- with the killer strain, and it's a. It's just like this doesn't make sense. And it even says at the very end, maybe it's for the best that he never made a second appearance. That's fair. Like it, it's, it's literally, it's this whole thing, this whole section about him is is not even about him. It's more on. It's just. If you rearrange it, it turns into a question mark because that's all it is. That's fair. I found it 
to read. I just want to let you know because <laughs> it's public domain, which means oh, I, can, no. I, I can have it for free. <laughs> Quarantine gets us all in different ways. <laughs> I'm excited to find it. I will, I will read that later. I'm okay. sure you will. I'm sorry. Did you finished already, didn't you? Is it my? Oh time? yeah, that was it. That's literally the shortest one we got. Uh. Okay. Next one is. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. Like <laughs> <laughs> some of these names are awful. Doll Man. <clears throat> Doll Man was created by Will Eisner and Lou Fine. Um, he debuted in Feature Comics number 27 in 1939. And it's another quality comics. Okay. Uh, so Dollman's real name is Daryl Dane. That's such a comic book thing, like, to have alliteration as your name. I love it. Right. Um, he has the... Okay, I get the name now. He has the power to, <laughs> he has the power to shrink down to six inches. Um, hence doll man got it um, he was a research chemist who made the concoction that gave him his power was it an accident um uh, no to my knowledge uh, it was not so he did it on purpose uh, I'm trying to find that a little bit okay uh, well let me keep reading while you do that yes go so, he <laughs> he f fought trained pets and vermin? Yeah. I don't understand that. At all. You, th you, you think I did? <laughs> okay. Uh, his girlfriend his girlfriend Martha became his <laughs> I can't do this. Okay, okay. While, while, while you think like yourself it doesn't say that it was an accident, so I'm going to say it was on purpose. Uh, he just invented a, co a concoction that allows him to drink dramatically in stature. Now, keep in mind, it's not like Ant-Man or the Wasp where they shrink and they have strength. He literally just shrinks. That's it. He doesn't have the strength of an ant. He just shrinks to six inches. That's it. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> why was this not on... Uh, the worst superpowers. I don't know, cause cause at least for when we were doing that episode, I was looking at the looking for the weirdest names. Dollman was up there, but Rainbow Boy was was the winner of that one. Um, we'll get to him later on, but to to explain the whole vermin thing, typically Dollman's adventures hinged on some conveniently fun sized foe or menace. He found himself fighting trained pets and vicious vermin as often as he tangled with full-sized crooks. Imagine okay. Pickle Rick fighting a rat. That's it. Okay, but Pickle Rick... <laughs> okay, but that was pretty cool when he fought a rat because he used weapons. Yeah, and he was a pickle. Yeah. He also... He did some crazy stuff, man. Yeah. So, uh, uh, continue with Dollman. Yes. Um, his girlfriend, Martha, became his sidekick called Doll Girl. Um, Original. 
it's a psychic. It's whatever. It's you know works. Whatever. Uh, their their names match. Um, she gained her her power. Uh, just by association from Dalman. Uh, think of I, it as radiation, I guess. I did not, but okay. Um, and failed multiple rivals. Revivals. Revivals. My bad. Multiple revivals failed. Uh, DC Comics, so they tried to um, revive Dalman, and it failed? Yeah, because uh, I'm guessing when Quality Comics or something happened, basically, DC, where now it's new owners, uh, they try to give him multiple revivals, and it uh, did not work. Yeah, I I mean, I could see it's a pretty lame power. Um, so. I mean, we're not, I mean, it's a lame power. It's not the lamest, though. We're We're still moving. I guess so. Hey guys, it's Brandon here. Just wanted to uh, make sure you don't forget to definitely check out our YouTube page and our website where we post uh, video and written reviews and we also do character analysis on our YouTube channel. Definitely subscribe to our newsletter and our YouTube channel. And hey, I mean, if you like what you're hearing on, on our podcast, I mean, it's, it's, it just sounds so good for your ears, doesn't it? Oh, it just uh, relaxes you, doesn't it? Um, you can find us on uh, iTunes Podcast and on Stitcher Radio for uh, Android phones. Um, and definitely, definitely please subscribe to our podcast. I mean, we try to pop these out every week or so uh we're going good so far but you never know uh and also definitely definitely support us on our patreon page and our coffee that's ko-fi the real difference between the two is patreon is basically a subscription page where you pay monthly well coffee is more it's more um just you pay as you go you want to give us a dollar you want to give us ten dollars for that one day that's up to you and that's perfectly fine uh, and we really want you to support us on that because every every dime does help us uh, with production with our equipment and you get you get paybacks for that because it helps us with our pro- with the product that we want to produce for you guys and for ourselves uh, so please support us in all those uh, places you know thanks so much and back to the show all right so the next one on our list of whatever this is regrettable heroes yeah yeah, i think though i'm not sure how regrettable they are because some of them have just brought me joy well okay see they're regrettable by way of the the fact that they exist it's like society regrets this because these are terrible you have no idea that's fair so the next one dynamite thor not the same thor as greek mythology or i'm sorry norse norse mythology or the thor uh it's just his his uh trying to see if i can find his real name Uh, no his his name was just mr thor yeah, his. Uh, no, I'm sorry, not Mr. Thor. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me start um, back. Yeah. Yeah. He was, yes, he was created by Wright Lincoln. Lincoln. He debuted. What a name. I'm sorry. Wright, we have to park on that. That is a fantastic name. I mean, it's like right. Yeah. No, I was saying right. Yeah, that's my name. No, like left and right. Oh. 
Yeah. Oh my god, they shot Lincoln. I'm okay. No, not that Lincoln. Right. So, aside from my <laughs> stupid jokes, he debuted in Weird Comics number six in 1940. It was another Fox feature. I've heard of Weird Comics. Hmm. Weird. Agreed. <laughs> His real name was Peter Thor. He was a skilled demolition uh, de- demolitions expert uh, and somehow made himself invulnerable to explosions. Uh, that's pretty useful. Right? Uh, and it says uh, what exactly the guy did to protect his body against blowing up? Not clear. <laughs> but what's really funny, he's invulnerable to explosions. So, like, he could stand... In front of, you know, a C4 bomb. He lay on top of it and be fine. But yet he's vulnerable to everything else. So he can be cut by knives and shot by bullets, but explosions don't hurt him. Right. Which my thought is, you work your way up to explosions. Because if somebody starts with explosions and you don't die, uh, yeah, I'm going to try a bullet now. No. (laughs) So it's like... It's like, I can live through any explosion. Pain! It's not an explosion, not bullets! Well. And he and he has the ability to fly from the explosions. So, basically, he's a cannonball? Basically. I'm trying to, like, it, it, it literally, like, if he wants to turn left... He just throws a throws an explosive pellet to his right, and he just rides the shockwave. That's him flying. Whereas uh, Buzz Lightyear would say, "It's not flying; it's falling with falling style." With That's fantastic. My first thought was actually, um, I know I've mentioned this before uh, while we've been talking about heroes for the past month. Um, the in My Hero Academia, the anime. One of the characters, his name is Bakuwa. Bakuko? I forgot how to pronounce his name. I'm not looking at it right now. Don't be mad at me for forgetting. That's directed at the listeners, not you. Um, it, his power, his 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 like sweat becomes like is is kerosene or something like that. So he's able to harness it and create explosions. That's pretty cool. Yes, and so basically that's what he does. He nice. he can fly because because of the explosions. He he figured out how to like harness it, so he like puts his arms down and goes and like fly jumps jumps and flies. So it's like nice. that, but uh, because he's only invulnerable to explosions. What the heck? Right. I, and not only that, but I, I got to read this. I, I will say this book is great because it it also has like funny quirks or quips. Where it says, explosion-proof Thor was still somehow susceptible to bullets, blackjacks, and a conk on the noggin with a lead pipe. Is that how he died? It doesn't say. I need that to be how he died. He got punched really hard, and then he died. <laughs> no, but I just love how they said, or it's like bullets, dead. This, dead. Conk on the noggin with a lead pipe. Like, who says conk on the noggin? <laughs> People in the 40s? I, I mean... Yeah. Anyways. Gabby, <laughs> you get the privilege of reading this one. Interesting. Uh, I don't know what to expect, so... Thank you for that. Uh, the next You're one welcome. is... 
The ne- okay. The next one is the eye. Very ominous. Love it. Uh, it's created. By oh, Frank- you you won't later. <laughs> it's created by Frank Thomas. God, it, it he did. It's is it a he? I have, yes, he debuted. Uh, it's not a he. It, it's an it. Well, you put he in there, so. I think that's what the book says. I mean, you can't tell, but just continue. He debuted in King Detective Funnies, Volume 2, Number 12, in 1939. That is a mouthful. What company? Centaur Publications. Oh, I've heard of them. I think they're still going, maybe. I don't know why after this. Well, that's fair. Uh, I will look that up in a second. So you said Centaur? Yes. Centaur Publications? Publications. Boom. Okay, back to the notes. Um, so it's it's a crime-fighting, disembodied, floating giant eyeball. That is also a mouthful. Um, its powers include flying, me- Melting steel. I almost read that wrong. Um, appearing and vanishing at will. So teleportation. Basically. Why didn't you just say that? I'm I'm copying it the way the book says. <laughs> okay. Uh, and manipulate invisible forces. So like gravity. Or like. Sure. Magnetism. Like, uh, what I, what I love about this is. In the book, it it, re- it says all that: fly, melt, steal, appear, and vanish suddenly, manipulate invisible forces, forces, and oh, be a giant flaming eye all, all the time. He's flaming. Yeah. You didn't say he was flaming. You. Said- I mean, I think being a giant eyeballs, you know, big enough, like. Yes. But I mean, like, I just love the wording of that. Just oh, he can do this, this. Oh, and oh, what else? Oh, yeah, be a giant flaming eyeball. So, but what? Okay, if he could do all of this, the last bit of the note says he relied on humans to act as his agents against crime. Okay, if he's capable of doing all this cool stuff, why does he need humans to help him? Well, I mean, it just says uh, that I relied on human uh, assistance to act as agents in crime. Basically, uh, oh, let me see if I can find this. Uh, um, I mean, while you're looking for that, go ahead. I, I found Centaur Publications. They are not still active, uh, so I'm disappointed. You can't what? I'm sorry. They, I found them. They are not still active, and I am disappointed. Um, that was it. I mean, like, as far as why he needs the humans, it just says despite being able to list all the powers, that I relied on human assistance to act as his agents against crime. I guess to contact other people, um, basically... Think of it as, you know, the the saying, the all-seeing eye. Uh huh. I mean, I that that's how I kind of see it as. Just that's it. He's you know can see everything, but he can't really do anything. I see. 
So they missed the real opportunity to make this eye super powerful uh, and be able to like move stuff with his mind. And right. so he could do stuff. I mean, he can, but it doesn't say that he can. So they missed out on creating a fantastic villain. I mean, yes, I, I don't know. The, the, it, it is kind of confusing because later on he becomes Detective I, uh, vanished as quick as he debuted, um, and never once had an origin, but had never had never once had an origin been so much as 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 hinted at. Basically, like there's no origin, and it says then again, what kind of origin would explain the eye? Had it once been bitten by a radioactive eye? My guess. See. This is where like my imagination's running wild and I'm coming up with a better backstory for this this character and also creating a villain. Um so I'm going to withhold my ideas until later. Uh and I'll tell you off the podcast. <laughs> I I'm I'm scared. No, you're going to love it or hate it. Oh. It's yes. it, it's much more interesting than what it ends up being because of they failed. Uh, but. True. Okay, on to the next one. Okay. The next one is Fatima. Phantom? Or fa- fa- Phantoma. <laughs> Sorry. Shut up. <laughs> um, he, she, sorry, she was created by Fletcher Hanks, debuted in Jungle Comics number two in 1940, uh, she was generally considered the first female superhero in comics. Um, let me. Oh, where where was that? Well, uh, what's the company? The oh, company- I'm sorry. The company is Fiction House. Okay. Are they still in? I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna say no. Um, so she was capable of supernatural acts of bizarre chastise- chastisement. Um, uh, okay. Yes, it, this one's a weird one. Like, weird, weird. Um, at rest, like, calm, cool, collected, she appeared as, as a gorgeous woman, but when she was angered, her skin went sky blue, and face into uh, face turned into a flaming skull. Uh, like, wait, what's his name? Uh, what's what's that character's Ghost name? Ghostwriter. Yes, that guy. Yeah, kind of like that, but a lot less good. <laughs> Wait, okay, so Phantoma is that like so like Phantom? So like I'm gonna I'm gonna say Phantom, but like the female version of Phantom. I guess no, like Phantom as in like a Phantom, not like a character called Phantom. Oh yeah, more than like that's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Uh, even though it's spelled not the same way as Phantom would be. Um, right. So it's... Fl- flaming Skull. But, okay, does it explain why? Um, that's what I'm going through, because this one was weird. This one mostly talked about Fletcher, because um, he was a notorious fi- uh, figure in comicdom. Um, 
produced the entirety of his strange, alarming, and unpredictable catalog of stories in a brief three-year period before vanishing from the medium. Uh, <laughs> what a guy. Right? Uh, he remains one of the most mysterious figures in comics, despite a recently renewed surge of interest in his work uh, due to a large part of excellent collections. Um... He, apparently, he was a troubled individual. Pro, uh, he produced what? complicated and bizarre creations that seem to reflect his inner turmoil. I was going to say, um, aren't all artists troubled individuals? I don't know. This one's kind of weird. Well, that's fair. Okay. Basically, she I think she was like, uh, in a long line, like, uh, it says, um, She preceded Wonder Woman by more than a year and is arguably the first female superhero in comic books, but James oh. I've never heard of her. Yeah, I was going to ask. I was like, okay, so if she's the first winded um, Wonder Woman come out. I was uh, More than a year, so it's probably 42. Obviously. Um, I, I wasn't looking for an exact date. I was saying, um, like, when you said that, I was like, huh, I wonder when Wonder Woman came out, if she is considered the first uh, right her, female hero because I, I i think most people probably think wonder woman's the first but and i right. would have said that before learning about fantoma i would say same here um her her the full name of the of not her character but her comic was fantoma mystery woman of the jungle <laughs> Like, uh, basically, I guess it was a, she was a protector of a temple, something like that. It, it, it doesn't so, fully, fully say. So what I'm hearing is she, she's a, she's a temple spirit. And so I'm she, guessing. So she protects the temple. Like, you know, if you break into the temple, evil things happen to you. So <laughs> like a curse. Kind of, um, Hanks, going back to the notes, Hanks left halfway through the character's run, and with the new uh, writers of the comic, of the yeah, words, sorry, of the comic, uh, they try to tone down her character. Um, tone her because, down what? Well, terrifying flaming skull woman. Uh, she was quickly reduced from terrifying. Uh, uh, from a t terrifying omnipotent adventure to the queen of the hidden jungle empire led to wrestle snakes and panthers with nothing more than her all too human cunning and strength just like all the other girls in the jungle so there were other jungle girls and basically what what i'm seeing is what i'm thinking the new writers saw that and went well this is not the norm let's go for the norm and it was like it was it was probably almost it was probably one of those of because of the history that uh Frank um ah, why is my computer doing this uh I'm sorry not Frank that F uh, Fletcher Hanks the 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 reputation that he had it was probably one of those of he's probably a slow burn type of storyteller and taking the most bizarre which this was pretty bizarre of a character and the when he left the writer the people that took over were just like well 
we don't know what to do with this. Let's make her like everybody else. And that's probably what did her in. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I was like, probably what happened is when they, so the people who were reading it for uh, Hanks, what was his name? Yeah, Fletcher yes. Hanks' um, um, weirdness uh, that lost readers when they changed the character, reduced her to be normal. Probably lost people. Probably lost it. I lost interest when you said they changed it. I was like, dang, I was more interested in the way she was before. I mean, like, I I still don't know much about her, but I think I don't know. It's it. She's she's more of the mysteri- mysterious one. Like, if I think this one more focus on uh, Fletcher, just because of the weirdness of it. Yeah, honestly, this sounds pretty cool, but I get like well, it. It's in the book because one, it's super weird, and two, it failed soon after it debuted, or yeah, not too long after it debuted because the person who created it left, and the new writers changed her character entirely. So, right. I mean, I will say I think it was pretty weird of just. Uh... I mean, I'm going to say she was a spirit because it even says uh, uh, she can see all that happens in the jungle. She devotes her great abilities to protecting the jungle born. So I'm going to say just like you said, a temple spirit or just a jungle Jungle, spirit. Jungle spirit protector lady. Yeah. Yeah. that's, That's all I got from that. That's pretty cool. I like that one. That one's my favorite so far. Actually, no, it's not. That one's my favorite uh, this half of <laughs> what we've done. Right. Uh, uh, the bouncer. It's all downhill from here. Oh my gosh, are you serious? Okay. Um, the next one is Ghost Patrol. I like saying them in dramatic ways. It's fun. Oh, uh, it's Ghost Patrol. Um, created by Ted Udall, Emmanuel Dimby, and Frank Harry. Uh. Flash Comics, huh? Debuted in Flash Comics number 29 uh, in 1942. Is that DC? Yes, it is. Excellent. I thought I recognized that. Um, this is the first one on the list that's one of the, the, the major, current major two, isn't it? Um, yeah. Huh. Except for I'm the, waiting for, I'm the, waiting for Marvel Comics to be in here. Yeah. I don't, I don't know when Marvel started up anyways um uh group is oh oh it's a group of people okay it's a group that consisted of fred pedro and slim can you give me a little more info on that one who are these people um are these people so uh it says in life oh oh let me kind of give some clarity yeah. Uh, the Ghost Patrol weren't. Uh, hold on. Bleah. They were uh, a resurrected super do-gooders. Um, they kind of uh, it says that they weren't the only characters in comic books who started their superhero superheroic careers post mortem. And we'll we'll get to this one later, but it, it talks about it, it points to Nemesis. Yes, apparently that's not only in Resident Evil, it's in comic books. Okay. You only got that if you played yeah. Resident Evil. Anyways, <laughs> so in life, 
The men who who would eventually become the Ghost Patrol were lantern-jawed Fred, handsome and vain Pedro, and ironically named Slim. Okay. I'm going to say it's ironically because it's he's fat. He's fat. Okay, yeah. but I need an explanation for what does lantern-jawed mean? That I don't know. I'm going to say it's like, oh, um, you know... Uh, I'm gonna say it's like point and jaw, like you know, like ha ha ha. There we go. Lantern jawed, a long, thin jaw, and prominent chin. Lantern jaw. Yep. There we go. Okay. Um. Cool. So they they were just three fellows, and they were resurrected. Yes. Yeah, so you'll oh, you'll okay. I'll I'll explain more as you continue. Okay. Um, so they were enlisted or they enlisted themselves? They enlisted themselves into, um, I got it. What, what, what they call. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they enlisted themselves in, uh, foreign legion. What's foreign legion? It just says, uh, bad timing to enlist, to enlist in the foreign legion. Okay. Just before France fell to the Nazis. So they, what is, what is the foreign league? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, enlisted in the okay. foreign league just before France fell to the Nazis. Uh, so uh, uh, this in this is uh, from the book. They were professional soldiers of fortune. Uh, of fortune, uh, they were friends and fellow pilots, but they had bad timing to enlist in the foreign legion just prior to France falling under Nazi control. Um, now I didn't put all of this in the notes because they would have been long notes so a short bullet point version um because france fell to the nazis they now had to take orders from Ger from german military commanders okay so uh, they did not want to but they were forced is foreign legion uh just the people who were fighting the nazis like is, that, is that what it was called I guess. I guess I'm. It's not even. It's not even capitalized, so it's not even a, the proper name. Huh. Okay. Well, it's not the foreign legion. It's just foreign legion. Right. All right. Never mind. Uh. So they all died in a plane explosion. Yes. So they were together. So obviously. they were. Yeah, they were all on the plane, and be like I said, they were under because brains fell. They had to take orders from German commanders. Right. So that included basically bombing uh, innocents. So on one of the plane rides, or on one of the missions, they were going to drop the bombs into the ocean and uh, basically just... Uh, Explode some stuff? Yeah, I, I think just... Uh, well, they were going to get, get rid of the bombs, not just drop it in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. So they don't kill anybody and do something. Now, their friend, who was one of the com who uh, their friend Her uh, Henry was the uh, mechanic for their plane. Uh, he desperately tried to get him not to go on this mission because he sabotaged the plane to get back at the German at the Germans. Oh no! So, okay. unknowing to them, plane explodes because of Henry. <laughs> he killed his friends. I don't know why I laughed. They, they, so they, 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 they forgave him. They forgave him because they he they knew what he was trying to do. Well, I guess they had the chance because they were resurrected and that is not explained? Exactly. All right. 
so they were right. resurrected. And then uh, their powers are uh, near invisibility, flight, and other ghost powers. Is that what it says in the book? I'm going back. I'm going to say no. <laughs> you can summon storms and call down lightning. That's not ghost powers. That's cool, though. Uh, hold on. Well, that's why I put another ghost powers in parentheses. Right, yeah. I was just wondering if that's what it says in the book, because that'd be hilarious. Uh, besides, uh, near invisibility isn't the only power. Um, besides the power of flight, they can also pass through solid objects, stretch, and even separate their body parts. Ugh. And turn into smoke. Well, they're ghost powers. Got it. Um, right? Yeah. Uh, they manually fought Nazis, which makes sense. Um, <laughs> oh, no, no. Read the full note that I put. It says the. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, what would no doubt they would fight the Nazis? What are they going to do? Well, we were controlled by the Germans. Let's go after regular people. No. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. They <laughs> what? They stole Hitler's false teeth. What? So yeah, they they went after the Nazis, but mainly the 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 main guy was of course Hitler. Um, so get this. Uh, let me read this from the book. Uh, that's right. They spend their second appearance hassling Hitler. Indeed, the Ghost Patrol frequently makes the top Nazi a special priority throughout their career. A standout adventure from early in the run involves the men swiping Hitler's false teeth. Quote, I'm going to try to do this. Mid out, mein Tisch, I cannot scream. And if I cannot scream, how can I be the Führer? Okay. That was uh, and it says and but it was I if you're reading it, it's funny, I'm just gonna say it normally. Mid out mein tisch. I cannot scream. And if I cannot scream, how can I be de fiera? Right. And it says cries a gum tooth Hitler into a full length mirror. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that's just that's that's beautiful. I need to read that if that that storyline just by itself. <laughs> okay. Uh interesting. So they just they they just decided to hassle Hitler and steal his teeth. Um so after World War Two they focused on the Axis armies and mobsters. Yep. Uh, so th that's who they fought. Yeah, after after World War Two, uh, like you just said, after World War Two, they mainly focused on the Axis armies and everyday mobsters. So it went to like normal heroes, uh, superhero stuff. Okay, they went AWOL. Yes. In 1949, what do you mean they went AWOL? Like in 1949, the group vanished for real this time, and the excuse me, and the Ghost Patrol has been AWOL from comics ever since. You know what AWOL is, right? I do, and I was wondering if... So that's just the wording of the book, they put AWOL because military? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I wasn't sure. That's why I asked what that meant. I was like, did the group go AWOL from the military in the comic book run? Or was that a wording from the book saying AWOL because they were military people? Got it. Yeah. So they're just... It just... The comic book disappeared. Right. And again, like, like I said, I don't know how many of these really will explain what happened to the character yeah 
like I said, for most for the most part, it's probably just gonna be poof. Yeah. Um. So, so last two. Then, yes, we're almost done with part one of the Golden Age. Part yes, one this of- is gonna be a series because. Wait, 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 wait! Did you say part one of the Golden Age or just part one? Part one of the Golden Age. There's another. We're doing another episode of the Golden Age. I told you, there's 23 of these suckers. Holy crap. All right, here we go. Hey, hey, it can only get better slash worse from here. True. And also, what else are we going to do? We're quarantined. Fair enough. Last two for this episode. Okay. (laughs) Invisible Scarlet O'Neal. Yes, that is her name. Okay, but (laughs) is that her real name? Well, I'm getting there, but that that's the name of the comic okay. and character, I guess. Um, what the heck? <laughs> so, she, she was created by Russell Stamm, debuted in Chicago Times, 1940. Wait, uh, like a like a comic strip in a in a yeah newspaper. My bad, it definitely says that in your notes. <laughs> that's what I thought it did. Um, anyways, so yeah, debuted in Chicago Times in 1940. Uh, her initial appearance in newspaper comic strips before uh, getting uh, her, uh, excuse me, her uh, comic book debut. Okay. Um, even though, uh, like we said earlier, uh, Phantoma uh, is generally considered the first. Right. Um, she gained her powers by putting her finger into a ray beam in her father's lab. Now, I want, I, I, change the wording of that from the book but I do have to read this because this was just weird wording okay uh, Scarlet O'Neill acquired her ability to turn transparent when as a young girl she poked a curious finger into a ray beam in her father's laboratory what's a curious finger uh, you know what I'm not touching that one with a 40 foot pole no, 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 it, you, you just under misunderstanding. It makes sense. It's just the. I'm sure it's just weird wording. It's, it's really not. It like actually, it, it's just she was curious and she poked a finger. So that it's just English. It the way it's worded, because English, it just sounds weird. But that's you know it's correct English. It, it makes sense. Okay, um. So yeah, she she gained her power by putting a finger in a ray beam, uh, and. She can't now. Normally, when you think a person can turn invisible at will, you think that it's just something that they just think and it happens, or it's like you know, just something that just happens. No, she activates her power by applying pressure on a specific spot on her wrist. That's unfortunate. Why her wrist? I don't know. It would make more sense if it was the finger. Maybe. But yeah. <laughs> what if it, she has to use the finger that she touched the ray beam and it's the opposite wrist? My head. <laughs> so she mainly solved her cases with nonviolence. Makes sense. Um, it says uh, Scarlet solved her cases with without much in the way of bullets or blood or bloodletting. She got by on wits and her innate kindness. Okay. Is she like Even... a detective? Like uh like uh Nancy Drew? I'm gonna say no. That's dumb. 
It even says if even promotional material boasted of her relative nonviolence, action without blood and thunder, and adventure exciting but human, fantasy but with a humorous twist, I'm already going no. I could see how it could have been better. Granted, yeah. I'm seeing that with all of these, so. Yes. Oh, God, yes. Um, in 1950, they dropped the Invisible from her name, so she was just Scarlett O'Neill. And then 1951, she was canceled. Interesting. Yeah, oh, so, it's hey, not oh, nothing much. She went on for 10 years, technically. Yeah. And I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty cool to start from a comic strip to your own book. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's quite a few. I I, I want to say no. I don't think Archie was that way. Um. Anyways, never mind. I I thought maybe Archie comics was that way, and they might have been. Uh. Yeah. But it was also a little magazine, so I don't know if that was original. Anyways. The final, the last one. Of part one. Of this episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize we were doing more after this episode. I thought you picked your favorite, and that was this. That's what we're doing. Nope. Um, great. Um, the last I, I, I am an overachiever when it comes to this, to ridiculousness and stupidity. Stupidity. I was about to say stupidiousness. <laughs> exactly, uh, right? I'm an overachiever. Anyways, last one of this episode. Here we go. Their name is Just Justin Wright. That's just the letter in and right isn't like left. Um <laughs> Is it a guy? It doesn't say. Yes, okay. Yeah, it it, 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 it is. I found it. I was looking for a, a, a pronoun. Uh, I couldn't find them. There they are. Key was created by George Brenner, and he debuted in Dollman number one, 1941. Um, you thought you were done with Dollman, but no, no, you're not. No, I'm not. Is that so? George Brenner. He was the guy who made Seven Eleven. Yes, I just looked. Okay, I could have. I did not realize that. Yes, yeah, sir. Uh, Interesting. Okay. Oh, fun fact that I didn't even read. George Brenner, uh, he created the clock, the first masked, uh, masked hero in comics. The clock? Yes. Okay. Cool. Uh, figure. So, uh, uh, this goes. This girl's real name is Justin Wright, right with a W this time. Uh, he was orphaned at birth, and at 16, he inherited vast... 16. That says... What? That says 26. What did I say? 16. <laughs> Numbers are not your sound suit, apparently. <laughs> oh, okay. We're recording this at 10 o'clock. We're kind of tired, all right? Okay. Um, <laughs> why 26? At 26, let me read that correctly, he inherited vast fortune from uh, 
the parents he didn't know about because he was an orphan. Um, and his parents were killed by criminals. Um, why did he have to wait till he's 26? It just says, on his 26th birthday, Lumberjack Justin Wright is called to the law offices of you whatever not- the office. Why didn't you no. put why didn't you put in the notes that he was a lumberjack? Because oh there's so much just things about him that is uh, enough to make you go what? Um but basically what I'm guessing is parents had him, put him up put him up as an orphan, and he had to wait till twenty six because they were alive until recently. Okay. That's that's my only guess. I assume that they died and they didn't figure out who he was until he was twenty six. Um, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it was one of those parents didn't want him slash didn't think that they were that they could handle a child. I mean, gave him up for adoption and yeah. But he was orphaned at birth, which means I mean, that his parents died, or it doesn't say he was put into foster care. Well, it just said, it also says, as an orphan who was handed off from one foster family to another, Justin was also unaware that it that his parents were murdered by criminals. Okay, he was oh, unaware, which means it happened when he was a baby. That sentence leads me to believe that his parents were killed by criminals after he was born, so he was an orphan, and then something, for some reason, they just made him wait. I have no idea. It's all weird. Okay. It gets weirder. Continue. Okay. Uh, he goes to the house to explore. He finds his mother's scarf. Um, but, uh, the, print, the parentheses, what does that mean? So, the scarf is... You know what a two-way mirror is, right? Yes. It's that. So, he wears the scarf like a like a bandana over his eyes so you can't see his face but he can see through the scarf to you okay um he wears a scarf like a blindfold mask recalling yep blind justice so that reminds me of daredevil because he's actually blind um kind of but he can see because heightened abilities because he was right and if you look, if you look at a picture of or that statue of Blind Justice, she has something wrapped around her eyes. I'm well aware. I knew what that meant. So, okay, I was just clarifying for our, for our listeners. Okay. Oh, okay. Um. So. Uh, what? Nothing of this about this makes any sense. Um. In his first outing, he puts an end to an elf-eared gangster named Petty Dirk, and the top mob b- boss called Skyzone? Skizone, yeah. Skizone. Skizone. Ski- yeah. Because I, I, I pronounced that wrong, because it's S-K-I, which is ski, um, not sky. Skizone. Um, explain this elf you thing. Do you know anything about that? I'm looking at it. Um... Also, I just got to point out his name is Justin, right? And he and as a superhero, he calls himself Just Letter N, right? And he even says, "How did nobody figure this one out?" Nice. Uh, 
Justin Ryan enjoys a brief but effective career. In his first outing, he manages to put an end to the nefarious affairs of an elf-eared gangster, Petty Dirk, and top mob boss, quote, Skizone. Sky Skizone. It's either Skiz. I'm I'm saying Skizone. Either way, uh, it doesn't say much about them. Lame. Okay. Uh, his calling card sticker on. It's it's a. Uh, I know my note. My notes kind. This was like at one o'clock in the morning when I was finishing these, so I was trying to just finish them. Yeah. Because I procrastinate. So his calling card is a sticker that he put yes. on the foreheads of his targets. Uh, depicting a balanced scale with his gnome de guerre. Do you know what gnome de guerre means? I looked it up and I can't remember. Um, I, I, I know what it means. That's why I asked you. Um, okay, I, I looked it up last night and I did not write it down because 1 o'clock in the morning. I was tired. Oh, I know what it means because it's French and I speak French. The It literally translates to name of war. So basically it's like his 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 name it's it has right. justin right on it and balance scales um so to to, to summon authorities he hurls that's supposed to say note not <laughs> not <laughs> okay thank you i was like i, I can't <laughs> you were you were struggling with that one weren't you I'm struggling with this entire one because your notes are very, like, it's not actual sentences in this one, and because you it was, like, one, so it's, like, worse. <laughs> like, I get the, the bullet points, it was pretty easy until this one. Sorry. It's fine. Uh, to summon authorities, he hurls a signed note with a bundle of evidence tied to a brick through the chief's window. <laughs> so, yeah. So, destruction of property to, to get the authorities. Got it. Oh, uh, just just wait. He, um... Only single appearance? He only had one appearance? Yep. Okay. Um, and his ultimate fate was never revealed because there was only one. Uh, right. Uh... So... I guess it. I guess we can. It's believed, or I guess we can assume that the police put him away on vandalism charges um, because he he broke the chief's window. So yeah, vandalism. That makes perfect sense. Which made me just laugh because I because I'm just imagine I want to see this as a skit or something. I just imagine like this guy this this mob boss shall be put away for a long time. Hey, you! Uh, guys, guys, no, 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 I'm not the bad guy. I ate super, uh... Yep. That's pretty much how that would go. You can't destroy property, period, and, and if you, you definitely can't do it at the police offices, you're gonna get put in jail or something. Not only that, but, that'd be, but that would also be even funnier. Throw the brick who throws a brick at somebody? Oh crap! That that could kill somebody. Maybe. One hundred percent. Depends on how hard he threw it. It doesn't take that much thrown force 
to kill someone with a heavy object. Well, he could have thrown it, it. The chief's office could have been up a floor, so it probably lost some momentum. The fact of the matter is... <laughs> it is possible to kill someone if you hit them with a brick. It doesn't matter how fast it's going. Is it possible that uh, any of these uh, other characters that we'll list in the next episodes are going to get any better? No. Fair enough. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Join us next time on Geekedia FM. Same geek time, same geek channel.